0: Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 29. Glad you can join us. In today's episode, the Colby Cast team discusses the February stare down. We hope you'll enjoy hearing how some of us press through, or maybe cope is the better term. I don't know. Anyway, this show is all about how some of us deal with that stretch of the year that almost no one loves. And please, as always, write to us at podcast at Colby.org. Enjoy the show.
1: there. I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in tenth, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby.
2: And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney an avid home cook, and the fun aunt, Bonnie's Kids.
0: And I'm Jordan. After slipping through a thousand cracks, I completed a PhD in History and Literature of Ancient Christianity at Göttingen University in Germany. Now I teach Greek and Latin at Colby and serve as the Director of Public and Alumni Relations.
1: Okay, it's the Colby Cast team together today, Jordan Hope, and me. We are discussing the behemoth that is February. We're here we are at the outset of February, our first year of homeschooling. It seemed that I kept running across all these articles, blog posts that kept coming up. How February is this just daunting prospect getting through February. And I had a lot that really affected me a great deal, probably more than it should have looking back. And I and I went into February thinking oh man, here we go, this is gonna be our undoing. But it didn't end up working out that way, even though most of us were sick that month of February, they rolled through the family, we had some kind of respiratory, something going on. This is of course, a few years ago, well before COVID was on the horizon, but uh, we all got through it and and it, didn't, it wasn't nearly as bad as I was anticipating it was going to be. So today we're talking about how to look February square in the eye, we're gonna stare it down and figure out how we're going to make the best of it, live it well. Um, The weather might be bad where we are. We are kind of at that point in the year where we might be tired of pushing through. And we're not quite to the end of the year yet. We can't quite see it, although we might be thinking about next year already. (laughs) So what do you think, you two, February? What do you think?
2: I think part of why you were scared of February was that you heard stories from mom and me because we always had a really hard time with February. Between hitting that point in the year, when it feels like you've been working for a really long time, but you're not on the downhill slope yet, it can get kind of discouraging to work through that phase. Um, We'd call it third quarter slump. And then like when you've been living with bare trees outside and like if it's hard to get outside and things like that, like it was generally bad for us in (laughs) each February, but we learned a little bit more each year and came up with, some things that work for us and it kind of depends on your personality but i think as we discussed today some of those ideas that you have had bonnie that have worked out well and that jordan has learned through both the online academy and his professorial um side of his career and then through my anecdotal experience i think we've put together a pretty good toolbox of ideas that people can try and see what works for their families
0: Yeah, I think with me, it's it's changed over the years and currently I don't even it's hard for me to even know what month it is aside from from which (laughs) which of my kids their birthday or whoever birthday is next. But my days are pretty, pretty routine all the time, um, just when I wake up and where I notice it the most, though, is is the light. So how quickly it gets dark. I really look forward to the days getting longer and you notice a you notice a big swing when you live up far north it happens more quickly so the days get shorter and that 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 happens quickly after after the summer and um after June 21st or whatever and then the same thing after December 21st start getting longer that gives me hope and it's funny I've always looked forward to groundhog day for some reason and especially when I was in Germany, I would show my kids because they do Groundhog Day at at, at dawn, I think it is. Um, and so, in, so I never get up for it. I just always want to see the results, hoping that it will be a shorter winter. And in Germany, I used to live stream it with my kids and we'd watch it on Groundhog Day because it was six <laughs> hours later. So it was like around noon or whatever. And <laughs> It's funny. It's like... Of course, it's just a big show, But for some reason, it, it was like something, especially when I was younger, that would give me give me like hope that the winter was ending or something.
1: Sure, that's a fun story and and it's so true, right? <laughs> and that's funny that you mentioned Groundhog Day. Uh, our dad has mentioned this a few times, like, does it feel like we're living Groundhog Day in a different sense, sort of <laughs> at this time at this particular time? but and I think the noon timing, that sounds pretty good rather than dawn. that would. I don't think so. That would not be me. Hope, what do you remember from making the best of February? You've got some tricks up your sleeve, I think.
2: Yeah, so I think kind of taking a step back and looking at what's going on in the month of February and then zooming into the things that worked for us. Um, one thing that really worked well for us was to take a day or a few days and look back and see how far we've come because kind of like um it, how it's not obvious to you when you're around your kids all day every day that they're really getting much taller until you stop and you look at pictures from six months ago and you see how much they've grown and how much taller and more mature they look that can happen with homeschooling too where it kind of feels like you're doing the same thing day in and day out and then stopping and looking back and thinking oh, wow, like, let's, let's look at the first test of this subject from this year. Or let's look in the beginning of these notebooks and kind of think about where we were, what our hesitancies were, especially in this crazy year, like, what, what were we bracing for, or anticipating for, and we've made it this far. And so I think there's really something to be said for celebrating how far you've come. Um, I think that in Catholic circles, people can kind of Shy away from even acknowledging their own success because there's an idea of you don't want to become prideful or arrogant about it. But true humility is recognizing the order of things and the place in the world where you are right now. And so there's nothing wrong, and it's actually very good to to look at how far you've come and how um, how much development and how much grace has already gone on. And so that really helped us to. Um, just stop and recognize, okay, it feels like we're stuck in Groundhog day. Um, but we really, we really aren't because look at the these worksheets or whatever. One way that Mom and I figured out to kind of quantify that was that we would cut the bottom corner of each course plan page when we finished it. And so as the year went on, we would see more and more of these pages if you have multiple kids you could like dog-ear it or instead of that but just something where we could see the pages that are done stacking up and the pages that are left to do dwindling um that was really good visualization and then kind of the idea of learning to rest and not quit that one of the good things about homeschooling is the flexibility of the schedule and and although Lots of people take breaks around the holidays. They're never really very restful breaks in my experience. Like there's the chaos and the hubbub of holidays and sometimes just taking taking a breath around here. It's a little early for spring break if you compare it to a traditional school schedule, but who needs to compare it to the traditional school schedule, right? Like, especially this year when everything else has gone out the window, if you're tired, it's because this is tiring and you're not broken. Um, it's just the way of the world at the moment. So I think that really getting re-centered, um, St. Edith Stein has this quote where she refers to, and you get to the end of the day and you recognize that everything was patchwork and you just kind of gather it up and, and you give it over to God. And I love the idea of thinking of the days and the weeks as patchwork and looking at how far you've come with that, um, can really be a good, way to get some grounding for continuing on.
1: Very true. That's a lot of accumulated wisdom right there that can be really helpful. I bet you can guess what I'm going to say to the cutting of the course plan pages. I think that's a fantastic idea. I know a lot of planners are even perforated with the edges to be kind of torn off as you go along. I've had those along the way and um, I promise not to go off on a tangent about planners. However, we've, I think we talked earlier in the year about how I organize my own book of course plans. I, I swap them out week to week. So there is that sense of satisfaction when I'm changing them on the weekends, which page I'm on of the quarter, whatever week it is that I take the week we just finished out. Hopefully after I've recorded what I'm supposed to record from there and <laughs> put that back in my main binder where I keep the whole set of course plans and take out the next week's pages and and sometimes i am struck by the week at the and the header at the top of the page like oh it's week four it's week seven it's you know we're rolling right along here so those are good signposts along the way yeah my dear friend trice Brudlo who teaches history for colby has an expression she said we can borrow it is embrace the fifth day to the point of the colby course plans many of them being structured with four days of work assigned for and allowing a fifth day for other things, field trips, co-ops, catch up, whatever. She encourages us to embrace the fifth day and even consider moving it. It doesn't always have to be Friday. It could be a different day of the week and you can orient your schedule accordingly to make it work how you need to. And I think that's really good advice
0: too. I, I love that quote. i, I... I had never thought of that before, but that's a super good tagline, actually. Just embrace the fifth day and move it around. And <clears throat> when uh, when I've been, I've been talking to quite a few Colby parents recently and asking them some pretty pretty you know detailed questions about their routines and things like that, <clears throat> and that fifth day is is something that came up quite a bit. Like, what's one of the best things about Colby, and they're like, we love having our Fridays off, and, and um, you know, they would talk about what they did before COVID, but even now, th- ways that they can get out and do things or, or stay in and, and rest or whatever. And then the other thing, you, you talked about moving that day around. It doesn't always have to be Friday. You can put it somewhere else. Something that I've heard quite often lately from experienced Colby people is um, going along with the flexibility is that school you could if let's say let's say you can't get out of bed on Fridays um, you could uh, you could almost make it where I'm talking about in February you could almost make it where um, you take February off because you can finish in June you can finish in July if you want to and um, you don't you don't think of that. And I was telling my my kids didn't want to do school today. And uh, I was telling my wife, just relax, you know, this summer I'll be much more free and we'll make things up if we need to in July. I wouldn't have thought of that, though, before hearing people talk, giving testimony that that works for them.
1: You know, mm-hmm. that's so true. That whole flexible calendar. When we were uh, committed to a brick and mortar school calendar, we would get to the end of summer break and we would get to the end of a semester or... More so, the end of the school year, and everyone's climbing the walls. And I would think, why are we, why do we do it this way? Why, why? who is the serving, and what are we doing here? And I wish it could be different and and we have that opportunity here with our with our Colby calendars and the flexibility that they are that are that is built into them. So to make the most of that. And I think also going back a little bit about the school calendar, that's been something we as a family have reckoned with, wrestled with, that's been, One of the challenges for us, the mindset of the school calendar, everyone around us is on a particular, not everyone, but the majority of people are on a a particular school calendar and we're very much accustomed to school starting at a certain point in August in in our region and, and ending near Memorial Day. That's just our region of the country just tends to, that's just how they do it. And they'll take breaks along the way. And even if all the area schools are not entirely aligned, they're very close. And so we are very well aware of what their calendars are, and it has taken us a little bit of time to sort of relax into the idea of we're going to have a slightly different calendar. And here in February, there's a, a little President's Day break, and with us following the Colby Online calendar, that means we take spring break. It That's actually Holy Week Easter break, and it's this year a little bit later. So I'm grateful for the upcoming couple of days that it would be a little winter break that we can take and feel okay doing so, knowing that
2: we've got a while until longer break in the spring Mm -hmm. I have a theory I can't claim it as mine but so we would get sick a lot in February and part of it is just like environmental issues in our region but Bonnie you mentioned your first February everybody your first February everybody got sick Um, that happened several times with us and sometimes I think that Sickness comes about when we've been pushing for so long that our bodies say, you you have to take a break. Like, I cannot function like this anymore. And so I think that we got to that place and probably lowered our own um, resilience to fighting off whatever respiratory bug was around um, when we tried to stick to that outside, almost arbitrary schedule, as opposed to planning out a little break in advance, I think could really help pace people better and hopefully maintain. Well, Right now we're in a special situation, of course, but in in non-plague times that planning a break um, could help everybody stay healthier and enjoy the break rather than taking time off but spending it being sick. That is
1: not so much restorative, right? If we have something set aside, like we have We have made this and i have learned this along the way in the past few years in the beginning i i had this idea like i said of of why is the calendar we can let's make the calendar work more for us rather than us working for the calendar but then i wouldn't necessarily say okay we're going to take these days off i wouldn't set that in stone because i wanted to leave us a little room in case we were behind or whatever i was kind of keeping it in the back of my mind like yeah i think we might do this around this time but i think that wasn't as helpful to the kids and to the family until I became more committed to okay we're going to take these days off and everyone knows that and we are working that's something we're all looking forward to and that kind of helped us keep on track a little bit better and and just it helped the frame of
2: mind overall. Just yesterday I uh, discovered a sticker at one of my favorite small shops in our downtown that says make time for downtime and I bought it yesterday so listeners you can't you can't see us right now, but I'm holding up a very colorful sticker that says make time for downtime. And I think that that is one way to kind of look at it, because if you don't make time for it, it'll catch up with you somehow. But like you said, Bonnie, it won't be as restorative.
0: Yeah, there, there's something interesting in that, because <clears throat> when you said um, make, making the time work for us, making the schedule work for us, it, it reminds me of when Jesus reminded um when he reminded people that, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, you know? And, uh, so that, that time of restoration there, and there's a, there's a book called, um, Leisure, the Basis of Culture by Joseph Pieper.
1: Yes. Sarah Thomas brought it up.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's a, that book is really, is really good in, in reminding you Personally, because he he does it in such a way that it's not just the book was intended for remaking German society after World War II, but it you can you can apply it personally, and it's um, I think it's really really fascinating and important.
1: Okay, bump that title up on my list quite a few notches that way. That's it. both of you have spoken of it.
2: So I think with making time for downtime is so important. Then when you come back from having some downtime, like how do you maintain? Motivation for the rest of the year. Hopefully, you'll have a little bit more energy after um, taking some time to have true recreation. You know, if you break down the word, it's recreation. But then when you come back, um, our parents were not opposed to a little bit of external motivation. So they always talked throughout the years about the importance of internal motivation and the importance of finding the joy and the value and the satisfaction in doing the work for its own sake. But when we got to about February, sometimes external motivation could be a good thing. And so I earned my very first digital camera by finishing my eighth grade year. It was hot pink. It had five whole megapixels. We'll just ignore that. My cell phone now has 12, but like while you don't want this external motivation to be your default mode, it, can really help to have a quantifiable or a tangible goal to work toward in some of those hard days. Sure, you see that idea uh,
1: repeated also with the various challenges that come out. I'm thinking of some of the bloggers I follow. I collect book lists. That's my collection. That's what I collect is lists of book recommendations, particularly for children's books, you know, picture books, chapter books, whatever. Anyhow, so some of the bloggers I like to follow they present these challenges typically in January, but February would be a good time too, or winter time, you know, read this number of books or whatever. That particular strategy, I don't incorporate into my own here in the household because we already have a lot of books all the time. We max out all our library cards and and have our own designated cart for holds. And and anyhow, so, they do, but it's, that's what I mean. It's a particular, that's, I see that idea that you're talking about with the, yours was the camera you're working toward these uh, reading challenges are another idea and you see it all kinds of different ways.
0: That can be a huge lesson too. And it's just a nice way to frame things because maybe somebody out there is listening and is like, I always I'm always focusing for my my own student, my child. You know, if you work hard, you're gonna get this. If you work hard, you're gonna get that. But then to make it somewhat intrinsic and say, you should be enjoying this, you should be benefiting from this. With my own daughter, I promise her I'll take her to lunch if she finishes this many Latin chapters. And I know that's why she works hard to do it. And that's that's what's somewhat um I think I haven't thought of it in terms of that. And I see that with my own students when I'm teaching them, particularly these months where it feels like uh, we're back, the you know exams are over and now we've got this long semester ahead of us and, it, and we're not even, you know, we're still in February. We're still, we've got a long time till spring. You can see, um, <clears throat> I can promise them things like like I can have a a carrot at the end of the stick that I'm trying to get them to go towards. But then on the other hand, there, there's joy. There's a lot of joy sometimes in just reading something that, you know, bring a tear to your eyes or something. And that's, that's more of the internal. It's, it's good for the sake of it. It's being good.
1: Sure. Especially for things that might not otherwise have been undertaken. And that's also part of uh, mentoring someone along, right. From, from one point meeting them where they are and coming alongside them and, and, coaching them towards some goal that can accomplish a lot and and build within the person, they can see that they can accomplish something if they've had that external motivation. And then the next time they have that to go on and won't necessarily need as much. It's an incremental thing, I think.
0: And for sure with um, the, maybe, maybe um, cause I'm even thinking about it right now. So, I, so hopefully somebody listening to this is thinking about that balance in their own education or in the in educating others, when you're a student, when you're a student, you get to do the things like you were describing and and get the satisfaction of of clipping off the the corner of the course plans and the, those kind of the lesson plans, and you get to see that progress now as a teacher, and not so much with my own kids, because I feel like I'll be, and maybe Bonnie, you can talk about that because, I, they're so, I mean, my oldest is in fifth grade, so I feel more like I'm on the journey with them in a way, like for the long haul in these different stages, whereas at Colby, I'm teaching the same books over and over. So I'm kind of in a groundhog day where the students aren't. I join as like a part of, they're on their journey, and I'm like the ferryman at this one part that takes them across this one river that get, you know, so what is it like to be with with your own students all the way through like that.
1: Very true. And it's a new beginning every year. Um, we are finally to the point where um, I'm repeating some subjects from year to year with, with our own kids. So, I mean, it happened last year, but I think this year is the one where I'm, I'm seeing more of that, okay, I've I've got this where it's not like it's brand new, fresh, I've got to read it again. I only had one pass at it the first time. So I'm basically starting over. I'm I'm not... I mean, and there are plenty of subjects like that this year still, but there are some that are not. So I am in that sort of in between, I think, and I'm, I'm really grateful for it, that it's not all new all the time. So yes, it's not to the point where it is um, so well ingrained that it feels like Groundhog Day to me. Um, I guess there are other aspects of life or interactions that, are, that can be that way, but um, with regard to the academic subjects. Not quite. It's it's more a sense of relief I have that I feel like I'm getting my arms around a little bit better and and not to say that I don't have a long way to go still, but I'm a little bit more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I think at the same time when we are thinking about allowing for downtime, that's really important. I get a little bit nervous about just the totally unstructured time for a long time. Now I I have we have a lot of unstructured time here and with the intention that people will cultivate their interests with that unstructured time. However, I like to have some guardrails in place or some things that still need to get done or things that people are responsible for that contribute to the running of the household That so that it's not just idleness. So I try to walk that line and strike the balance a bit. It, it includes both the interactions that we all do together as a family. We've been working on a lot of puzzles I'm very much a puzzle person as opposed to games. <laughs> I was telling them the other night that I would rather I would rather do puzzles. I'm collaborative like that, I guess, rather than play against them in a game. That's just me. But uh, we've had a lot of fun puzzles to do, and and so that's I been like good to leave a <laughs> to leave a table set up in the in the living room so that we can kind of work on a puzzle a little bit at a time. And and people kind of come in and out. It's been neat to see how they'll sort of saddle up to the table and then stand there for a minute and put a few pieces in place, and then and they'll stay there for a while and work on it and and then go off and do something else. And that's been a good one way we've been spending a lot of time here lately. We also, I'm also one to put on an audiobook when I can. I'm a big fan of audiobooks. I mainly make use of the ones from the library ones. I prefer the ones that we can download to my phone and play over a Bluetooth speaker. But we do have a few that I own that I can play, um, the main ones being the the series, The Story of Civilization by Philip Campbell, published by Tan Books, and his newest one, The Story of the Church. Those we play a lot, and and the kids will ask for them while they're doing something else, you know, drawing or building with Legos or something like that, or even just, they'll just sit there and listen to them for a while. So that and having music on, and I have a long list of audiobooks that that I would throw out there, but um, those are sort of our go-to things. Of course, all different kinds of Crafts, unless those are stressful <laughs> um, art projects, baking projects. We do a lot of baking here. Certainly, movement being really important. It, it's hard to get outside in the weather, which I feel ridiculous saying that. You know, Jordan lives in this very cold climate, and here I'm saying in my far milder climate that is cold outside. <laughs> but um, one way that we deal with that here is with uh, the hula hoop. Actually, we we picked up a hula hoop our first year of homeschooling. We went school supply shopping at Walgreens, of all places. And they had hula hoops among the school supplies. And we ended up with two hula hoops. And it was amazing how much people picked those up and would, you know, that was just something they can do when they were when they needed to do that. So
2: So when I was studying for the bar exam, which was nine weeks of like 40 to 50 hours a week, I played more Wii Just Dance than any other time in my life. Because I would like study for an hour or two and then I would go over and play Just Dance on the Wii or like Wii Sports or whatever. Um, because it was quick to put together and it was a complete change of pace from what I was studying. So I have never been able to successfully hula hoop. Um, my nieces are the pros at it. I can't either. But, yeah, it's the girls here. But what do you think just experience on the Wii definitely work
0: I, I don't think I've ever hula hooped before, but I can, I know. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 weird because I was on the road just recently and I was in a hotel and because of COVID stuff, I I couldn't leave. I didn't leave the hotel, but two or three times though, the whole trip that I was there and I I noticed, but I was alone and I noticed I was doing a lot of pushups. Like I like throughout the day, my, my, it was it was like i was I i was relating to um <laughs> to prisoners you know this they, their out to get something to i'm like <laughs> I, i'm in prison anyway i might as well be doing push-ups you know so but i used and it reminded me that i used to do that between classes is that when i would have a very busy schedule it was like the way to get out of the chair and then i'd do a bunch of push-ups and then come very winded to class after that but but that was something that um that i should do again especially this time of year because it's it's dark by the time basically by the time i'm done teaching and there's not really going outside um after that and there's no yeah there's nothing to do physical like that so it'd be good to find something that i could do during the routine as for my kids they have they have a few things um mainly i've talked to you guys off air about the ice rink but they get out and they skate and um actually i can light that up and, and let them skate at night so um they cool. yeah that's the thing somebody told us that if um, if you get your kids playing hockey and if you get them access to a rink the winter will fly by so we'll see this is the first one <laughs> we're getting closer but we'll see if we make it
1: you will have to report back yeah the the push-ups that reminded me my husband teaches the math here before every math lesson with each child. they They do push-ups and jumping jacks, I think I'm not sure if there's another something they do. They do a few things like that to kind of get a movement before they sit down and work on math. Yep, I
2: leave that to him. <laughs> that was his idea. I don't remember us ever doing that before, but <laughs> <laughs> we have a number of other ideas for the
1: inside time and the interim times and just uh, ways to hopefully just a lots of ideas that have worked for us or that we've that we've received about these wintertime days and actually the anytime days I mean here where we live which is a much more temperate climate I think the the summertime gets very hot so and sometimes it can feel like it might as well be 40 below um, the long winter kind of thing when it's summertime here because it's so hot so these ideas can apply to you know when you're it's stuck inside for whatever reason Um,
2: It hurts to breathe in the summertime here.
1: (laughs) Uh, Beth Gath's idea of having the older children read to and teach the younger children. That's a, a really fantastic one. And when that works, that's as much as that will work out. That's really ideal. Along when I referenced the posts I was reading about how to survive February, they would bring up, you know, making cozy conditions, you know, tea times and and blankets and reading together. And that's a really good way I find in my experience might not be the same for everyone. Read alouds can be a great way to sort of hit the reset button on a day going south. That has We have employed that strategy plenty of times here. And and I tend to forget about it when we're heading toward those moments um, that what we might need to do here is hit the pause button and read together rather than continuing on the track we're on. That can be a really good strategy if that helps someone else. Um, If someone's really interested in a particular topic to sort of do a deep dive on whatever someone's interested in or extending out lessons in history or science or or literature or whatever we've had on our to-do list to make rice pudding, extending from my 11-year-old, well, she's 12 now, her history lesson, taking up a new hobby or craft or something.
2: Mm -hmm. Jordan, what are some of the tools that you've used from the teacher's side in like keeping students engaged when they're just really dragging in the middle of uh, class
0: i i try to be really in tune with the class and so i i don't have i don't use powerpoints and i i make all my i make everything new every year the quizzes everything just i and my wife my wife always gets on to me for it because she's like that's what's taking your time but i i like to be with the class as that particular class every class is different you know and so I think I can maybe my students would say something else but I doubt it I think I can I can sense pretty well where they're at even with the less if it's not going anywhere or especially in Februarys and uh, you know when it hits February again it's like it's like you can kind of see it so I usually will switch things up if if I can The only class that I can't so in Latin classes I'm pretty free to be able to teach whatever I want so what I mean by switch things up is I might um, I might start playing a game that they love there's this game that they really love and so if I feel it in class we could switch to that or I'll let them off the hook for the rest I'll say we'll come back to this later so it's like a, a bend don't break approach that I take with them so I you know I try not to break them and, um, then I and I warned them actually, today, we're reading Julius Caesar in um Latin too. and and a lot of times, people kind of get tired of it. It seems redundant. And especially the girls, they get tired of reading just about the war, you know, and <laughs> so i'll i I give them always a break when I can sense it's time to take that break. and we read um we read like some of the New Testament or something. And they've never done it before, so it feels like a complete change for them. So it's like a it's a bend don't break. And and I'm meaning I'm bending them, not breaking them, you know, trying to trying to mold them to where they need to be, but but I try to stay as as tuned in as possible.
1: It's a good strategy. It gives everyone a bit of an opportunity to catch your breath, right? When let it sink in a little bit. And definitely and um sort of absorb for a moment before moving on to because there's a saturation point, right? We can only absorb so much at one time and we need to have the opportunity to, to do that before we can take on much more.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to throw out an idea as well that came to me in Advent, actually. I forget the exact circumstances, but we ended up with a shoebox that I labeled the suggestion box. And I think it was in the context of people discussing, you know, things to do or gifts for each other, you know, um, not extravagant, but just ideas that people had that they might not feel like voicing into anyone. So we set this shoebox on the counter and it had, you know, a hole at the end for, you know, to carry it. So people could tuck little note cards in there. And and actually it it lost its luster after a while, but we got some ideas and, and people I think the novelty of it was like, oh, they're listening to my suggestions. They're interested in in my ideas and what I have to say. We try to cultivate that atmosphere here as a matter of course. But it was a different way to introduce it, I think, that allowed just some newness to enter in that was inspiring, hopefully. And that could work in this context, too. Maybe just the novelty of a suggestion box could be helpful. And to that end, we would like to throw it out to our listeners to uh, submit their suggestions for um, the february stare down how do they stare down february and by february that extends to you know winter time or whatever difficult season it could be whatever low point a season that we we all have those seasons right that are just the day-to-day quotidian whatever that is we're just uh looking far down the road for whatever we're looking forward to whatever that means so listeners please feel free to add your virtual suggestions to our suggestion box on our social media on Facebook and Instagram, or send us an email to podcast at colby.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. So, in terms of staying the course through the, whatever this season is, we're calling it February, but whatever season it is, there are a couple of practical things as well. And as important as it is, important as it is to take the rest, to embrace the day, all these are very important. We still keep doing the work, right? We still do move forward and we don't have to be at breakneck speed or anything. We need to allow ourselves to go at the pace we need to go, but it does still need to get done. So yeah, we, we rest and not quit. Yes, exactly. Um and that can mean very practical things around the house too. And and that's one of the things about homeschool is we have home ec built right into homeschool, don't we? So um here that looks like people helping with household duties. Kids have different chores are responsible for laundry, dishes, keeping their areas clean, various things that they, you know, as they grow they can do more to help. We recently acquired a new washing machine. The brand, I can't get over it still, the brand is Speed Queen. Found it so hilarious, truthfully, that they would name the washer the Speed Queen. She lives up to her name and long may she reign. But everyone has, has been learning how to use the washer. So, See, I suggested that the Speed Queen should be Isabella of Castile,
2: like Castile soap.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I thought the speed queen was fantastic, and then your idea throughout, and I thought, how can this get any better? But you found a way to make it better.
0: And and I, I just uh, I, I should mention this uh, episode is sponsored by Speed Queen, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is a funny that that's a good name because you would you would think um, Speed King, you know, even uh, very often maybe for a um, a brand or whatever. But Speed Queen, mm-hmm. I like it. I'll have to look for it.
1: Isn't it fantastic? We're not sure if if they make dishwashers too, wouldn't that be, that would be just the bee's knees, wouldn't it, to have (laughs) cafeteria style dishwasher?
2: That'd be like one step closer to living in the Jetsons world. I'm all for it.
1: This is the time of year when we're starting to see information come out about next school year and we have an upcoming episode with more details about that. Perhaps it's easier to think about that than to stick with our current course of work, which is something to just be worked through, I think. Um, it can be a bit of a motivation to get the current work done or at least stay on track so that we can start setting up to plan for next year, which is, I'll admit, I've done that myself. I've already started setting up. I bet you can will not be surprised to hear that I use color coding and all that kinds of stuff. You guys know me well enough by now to find out and probably not be surprised by that. Um, there are webinars coming up from Colby about planning and enrollment And lots of webinars actually about various things happening at Colby right now. So those are important and helpful. I myself set up a Google sheet with multiple tabs and I have grids for the children and their various subjects and their courses. Those are color coded according to whether they are online classes or homeschool classes. And if they're homeschool, if my husband is teaching them or if I am. And also I try to include activities in there. I try to get a sense of what textbooks we're going to need for next year. I've Disclosed before that, I'm really very fortunate. We are really fortunate to have much of Hope's library of of books that she used in her homeschool studies available to us, and we're so grateful for that. And so I will look at the books that are indicated for the courses that are upcoming, and go through the list of what's in the family library, and then I will make a list of what's not available that way, and see what we're going to need. And start making my book list, really. And and the Colby Bookstore is, they're amazing there. And it sounds like they are gearing up for for next year. And my hat's off to them how they handled this year's circumstances. I will look at books that we're not going to be needing anymore and see if we can, if someone else can make use of them in one way or another. Consider what literature, if it's in the junior high, elementary, or primary literature list, what, what books we might be looking at. And thinking about how the daily schedule might look as we're considering what classes to enroll in, if we're looking at the online classes. What's it look like from your side, Jordan, getting ready for next year?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's so my wife does the the homeschooling planning and all of that. Um, so I, I I don't really I don't really know <laughs> what what they're planning. Um, I know it'll be with Colby again, but um, as far as as uh, working in the online school it's always exciting because there's the chance that my schedule will be changed a bit or this year was pretty was pretty heavy because of the increase in in enrollment um i took on more classes than i had expected i think last year i had something like um 80 students or something total um, and this year it's, it's more like 140 that I have at Colby. So it's, you know, and and that's a lot of extra classes too. So I'm looking forward to, um, to, to, uh, seeing the schedule for next year. I know there's going to be some hiring in the languages department. So if anyone knows somebody who can teach Latin out there and is interested in doing some part-time Latin teaching at Colby, then, um, look at the website and you can find where to apply. I think that's advertised already. And if it's not, it's coming out. It's a definite thing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting basically some, some more help in the, in the, in the department next year, which should free me up a bit more to do some of the other things, um, that I've been doing there. So every year though, I find the same thing where I'm looking forward to something new. Last year, I was looking forward to pre-pandemic. I was looking forward to teaching Greek in high school this coming year, which I've been doing now and I I really enjoy. And that was something new for me. So there's only been a couple of times where the schedule and everything has stayed the exact same. And I'll know it in February or whenever February, February, March, whenever the schedule comes out, Um, then I will know what to expect the next year and can kind of plan around that.
1: Yeah, it seems like this kind of prep work happens much earlier than one would expect. Although, mm-hmm. I guess not, because we tend to plan pretty far in advance. I know that that was true from arts management. When I worked for the orchestra, things were planned well in advance, years in advance. So I don't know why it surprises me so much. I mean, it, it surprises me less so now than it did, you know, in the beginning. But to see how how early the planning begins. Well,
2: mentioning third quarter slump with next next year's planning, I remember my love of planners developed very early and I would enjoy making like a potential daily schedule for the coming year. And our mom would just kind of look at me and go, can you make a schedule for right now? (laughs) And That was never (laughs) ever as appealing as making a schedule for the new school year, but it did sometimes help think through, okay, what is the workflow that I want or what is the workflow that doesn't work well for me and things like that. So that's one way that planning for next year and uh, finishing strong this year can overlap.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I, I enjoy, I guess, I guess the thing that I do like a lot is when that schedule comes out, putting it together with my wife's schedule. And it's like, it really, it almost, it's like, it gives us something to kind of look forward to because we're like, oh, on these nights we'll be free or, you know, on this afternoon, I only have this one thing to do. So Yeah, I I like that as well. I put I put it together for us, print it off, and show it to her. And she gives me her her feedback, like that's not going to work. We got to change something. But usually it's good.
1: It's a process, right? It's kind of move the pieces around. Yes. Well, we hope this has given some encouragement and sense of solidarity, some ideas of ways to not just survive but really make the best of the february march winter long haul that we're in right now certainly hope that we will hear from our listeners different ideas and and things that work for them or things they're trying or how the ideas that we've thrown out might be working for them we'd love to hear that as well podcast at colby.org thanks so much for your suggestions and here's to a fantastic february our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.